Aloha. Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast and thank you for joining us today. As always, my goal is to be real, raw, genuine, open, and vulnerable. I am your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from Southern California. Lots of craziness going on here. Um, There are no preconceived errors here, just honest openness and how we can utilize the gospel of Jesus Christ to reconcile the very hard in our lives, our Gethsemane moments, if you will. It is inevitable to have them and to keep having them until we take our last breath here on earth. It is the nature of this wonderful, glorious plan of salvation, and we must trust God, our loving Heavenly Father and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. For they are one in purpose, and that is to bring about the glory and eternal salvation of God's children. And that is you and me. I recorded a little bit earlier um, regarding a situation that's going on in my family right now. And um, I was actually not going to include it in this episode, but as I was listening to it, I felt very impressed um, to be very genuine, to be very open and allow you guys to hear me in a time of kind of a faith struggle. Um you know, it's hard. The faith journey is really hard to keep it linear. It's it's an up and down, hills and valleys type of experience. And um, this was definitely a time that I was in the valley struggling um, to apply my faith and wield it uh, offensively in my life and uh, rise to that hill. Um so I'm going to go ahead and share that with you. Uh, bear in mind that this is a very uh, open and honest discussion about this particular situation. I noticed at the end, I talk about my husband, and I think I said something about Jesus Christ, and I went immediately to my husband. I'm not saying that Christ is my husband. What I was talking about is that my husband will be able to fill the gaping hole that's, that will be left. So with that in mind, I'm going to share the story, and it will lead us into the topic of this week. My dad hasn't been feeling well for the last few months, and he's always been a mountain of faith to me. That's what he's represented to me, as a mountain of faith. And with the health problems that he has been going through for the last few months, I haven't been able to visit um, because of our own issues here at the house with us gearing up to teach online schooling this year. It's amazing all of the work that my husband's had to do to prepare for the year. And he's needed a lot of help because these teachers, the job description is just plain different now. And uh, teachers were busy before. Now with this online schooling, it's even more time intensive. And so I've been helping my husband. And um, of course, with my husband having his own mental illnesses that he deals with, I cannot leave him alone. And I have not been able to visit my dad. My dad's been going through a lot. And uh, I've tried to stay in touch with him as much as I can. I, I normally talk to him at least three or four times a week and we have wonderful faith-filled discussions he and I are very much alike in how we respond and hear the spirit and uh you know you've heard before that spiritual talents can be inherited through um 
your family lineage and that's definitely true when it comes to my dad and I. Uh, We have very similar spiritual talents and I'm grateful for those spiritual talents but I'm really struggling right now because uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to lose my dad. You know, he and I have always been very close and um, I love him a lot. It's so interesting because I know that you know, I've had friends lose their fathers and because we know so much about life after death in the gospel, I've always kind of had a peace with it because I've had death in my life from an early age. Um, however, now as I'm experiencing this at 47 with my father and the uh, very real potential of him, possibly we call it graduating um, and returning home is hitting me in a way that I never expected. Um, And I'm very, very much afraid to live my life without my father here for me and uh, me for him. Who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to have these spiritual chats with that I've been so used to having with him? And these conversations are always so fulfilling. And I just really feel like I don't have anybody else that I could talk to like that who understands me. When my dad and I talk, we really jive and bounce off of each other Um, spiritually when we have spiritual conversations and we talk about the gospel. For example, I could say something and then he'll say, oh my gosh, you know, I just had something open up in my mind and he'll say something. And then I'll have the same experience where further knowledge and enlightenment happens to me and we just talk and talk and we could go on like that for hours it's such a fulfilling experience. I learned so much. You know, I just came into the gospel in 2013 and I have a lot of catching up to do. And now it's just the thought of, you know, potentially losing him as he's losing weight. He doesn't have any appetite whatsoever. He's not able to walk or get up and, you know, get around. He's needing help breathing. And, um, you know, in his mind, of course, you know, faith, we know to always keep the faith. But when we have these circumstances that really try our faith, it can be difficult to use faith in our life and wield it, you know, offensively as a sword um, so that we can handle the inevitable trials and challenges in our own Gethsemanes that come our way, our own prison temple, if you will, like Elder Holland called it. And, uh, now I'm having these conversations with my dad where he's just kind of thrown in the towel and given up and um, he's very anxiety riddled and it's just it's different because my dad has always been you know he's a marine and he's always been a fighter he's always had kind of a you know a very um, positive I'm gonna get it done kind of attitude and these last few conversations I've had with them have been very different and he's afraid too and uh, it's really shocking to have these conversations with my dad who's always been my rock um the rock my foundation and all of that's changing and uh I know he can't live forever for heaven's sakes he's 80 he's gonna be 81 in January and uh you know I do understand that we are bored we live and we die and I know the purpose and the plan of salvation but as I really seriously stare down the potential possibility 
that my dad may not be with me any longer. Um, it feels kind of like a faith crisis. I would never turn my back on the gospel, but if my dad was to pass on, and I think it would be a huge challenge for me, um, I, I know I would definitely be angry, very angry to lose him. Uh, however, I trust the Lord and I trust that he's given me a husband that can help fill in the holes, this huge hole that will be left gaping open when my dad passes away and other good people in my life will be able to fill that hole too. So yeah, this is going to be really, really tough. So the topic this week is live by faith and not by fear. I'm using a couple of talks. Uh, the first one, live by faith and not by fear by Quentin L. Cook. He gave this talk as an apostle back in October of 2007. And then there's another talk um, by McKay Christensen. And he gave this talk on May 9th, 2017. And I believe that it is called... The Power of Wholehearted Living. Uh, Very good talks, and they kind of tie into what I'm wanting to cover today, which is living by faith and not by fear. We've got a lot going on in our world. No matter where you're at within the world, we've got a lot going on. Um, from natural disasters to, you know, fires, earthquakes. I have an earthquake app because I'm in California. And lately it's constantly going off with these big earthquakes over six, 6.0 throughout the world. A lot of them are in the ocean, but um, there's a lot of tumbling and trembling going on. And then we have this pandemic. We have, you know, politics, elections coming up. Uh, We've got a lot going on in the world. We've got the rioting going on, the looting. We've got um, people being hurt. Uh, No matter what the situation, there's a lot of pain and suffering and wickedness and evil. And, you know, as I stay on top of the news and really try to stay aware of everything that's going on, it can be very depressing and it can be very, very, very scary. Um, And that's kind of what I've experienced this week as I am watching the riots and the looting and the violence continue to go on in our country and spread from city to city to city. Um, you know, I am being pushed to do things that I don't really want to do, like, you know, obtain weapons and more protection and <clears throat> maybe have to relocate and get closer to family so that we can watch out for each other and have each other's backs and support. Um, just a lot of different things going through my mind. And so that's how I kind of landed on this topic for this week. I thought if I'm feeling this way, there's no way that others are not feeling this way. And um, definitely with what my dad's going through, having a bit of a fear situation within me is um, kind of foreign for me, actually. I usually am not afraid of things. The way that mine why works is that I like to, um, I'm a problem solver. I like to get things done and I'm a doer. 
Um, I've never really been afraid, but uh, facing the fact that my dad very well may be graduating here pretty soon and returning home um, to Heavenly Father as in uh, our Savior Jesus Christ is very, um, it's hard. It's hard to accept it. And I'm sure that a lot of you can understand where I'm coming from. Uh, When we choose to follow Christ in faith, rather than choosing another path out of fear, we are blessed with a consequence that is consistent with our choice. And this is coming from Quentin L. Cook. An important qualification for all of us serving in the kingdom is to be comfortable in bearing witness of the divinity of the Savior. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 68 verse 5 and 6 we read behold this is the promise of the lord unto you o ye my servants wherefore be of good cheer and do not fear for i the lord am with you and will stand by you and ye shall bear record of me even jesus christ that i am the son of the living god that i was that i am and that i am to come I love the scriptures. The scriptures are definitely living scriptures. I can read the same scripture at different points in my life and get very different meanings. And I am grateful for the word of God and that we have these scriptures during this restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And to Timothy, the apostle Paul references the faith of Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice, And Paul writes, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, as I've been reading these scriptures and really taking them in, absorbing these scriptures and really kind of personalizing it to me and my unique circumstances and situation, my heart has just, it went from being a fearful heart to a hopeful heart. A lot of that is because I've worked at really hard and had to be very um, dedicated, focused on taking in the word of God, living purposely by what we are being taught, that these aren't just words, these are, this is knowledge that he wants us to soak up, absorb, he wants us to be believers. And through that belief, his light can reflect through the things that we do and the way that we choose to live and how we handle our lives and the situations that we're presented with. I'm definitely not perfect. Um, you know, I've mentioned before that I struggle. I struggle with people. I struggle with my temper. I just struggle. And... Um, I know that through the gospel and the teachings of the gospel that I can change. And I do believe in that saying that the study of the gospel can bring about the biggest changes in behavior versus the study of behavior, changing behavior. And you know why I believe that is because I've also experienced it. I have become a new person since I've chosen to re-engage with the gospel, to attend church, to be a part of his kingdom here on earth. Elder Cook goes on to say that we live in precarious times and the world is in desperate need of fresh spring water. 
And that spring rotter is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should listen intently to the prophet as we make choices. My own informal records indicate that President Hinckley has continually emphasized faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that has been followed by his emphasis on strengthening families and having family religious observance in the home. Over and over again, he has told us that if we would live a principle, we would gain a testimony of the truthfulness of that principle, which would in turn increase our faith. So reflecting on the law of chastity, I mean, I had a great experience doing that episode, Um, learned a lot about the law of chastity and how it applies to my life and the blessings that come from it. And it's been wonderful in our relationship. Um, Another example would be the law of tithing. My husband and I, when they first asked us to start paying tithing, it was very difficult for us. We've always been in a situation where we've lived paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately. And, uh, but we figured it out. Have we been perfect at it? No, especially now paying for essentially two homes, um, because my father-in-law is living at a board and care home. It's, we've been struggling financially for quite some time, but we see the blessings. The blessings are, first of all, that my husband has retained his job. Secondly, that we haven't had any pay cuts or any, any reduction in benefits. That's been huge because we are technically a one income household and um, it's very expensive to live here in Southern California. If he had a reduction in pay, I don't know what we would do at all. And so I really truly believe that if you want to come to understand and have faith in a testimony and a principle or a doctrinal teaching, is to live it, test it, find out for yourself. Elder Cook goes on to say in his talk that um, raising families, that we can raise families, our families in righteousness, if we would follow the prophet, create the true spirit of the gospel in our hearts and homes, be a light to those among whom we live, Focus on the ordinances and principles that are taught in the temple. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 115, verse 5, it says, Arise and stand forth, that thy light may be a standard for the nations. That your light may be a standard for the nations. As we follow this counsel, our faith increases and our fears decrease. We can overcome our fears and that is an assurance from the spirit of god elder cook goes on to talk about following the lord jesus christ in faith and he commits himself and i do too to follow him in faith He talks about a sister who was given a calling that really she felt like was just kind of above her pay grade. She didn't have the talents to fulfill this calling. And so he breaks down the discussion in this talk. He asked her about her calling and she said that initially the calling weighed her down and much time was spent going over problems. 
Then the presidency decided to emphasize love, faith, and prayer. And suddenly spiritual impressions came to mind about a particular child or family. Friction was replaced with love. She tells me, Elder Cook, that as they acted upon promptings from the spirit, primary reflected a reverence and peace and real gospel learning was taking place. So this sister was called to primary and she just felt like she was not qualified and she didn't have the ability to do it. How often have we felt that way? I know I definitely have when I've been given a calling. Elder Cook goes on to say it is our faith in Jesus Christ that sustains us at the crossroads of life's journey. It is the first principle of the gospel. Without it, we will spin our wheels at the intersection, spending our precious time but getting nowhere. It is Christ who offers the invitation to follow him, to give him our burdens, and to carry his yoke, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. There is no other name under heaven whereby man can be saved. We must take upon us his name and receive his image in our very countenance so that when he comes, we will be more like him. When we choose to follow Christ in faith rather than choosing another path out of fear, we are blessed with a consequence that is consistent with our choice. You see how important it is that we choose to live by faith. And thankfully, these words have helped me to really come about face. A couple hours ago, I felt desperate and that there was no way that I could live without my dad. How am I ever going to be able, who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to have these conversations with? Who's going to give me this counsel and guidance and wisdom that I can rely on? Sure, I have my mom. And you know what? She and I have a wonderful relationship. I love my mom. She's like my best friend. But it's different. It's just simply different. And I am grateful for the words of our prophets and apostles and the general authorities who remind us to stay focused. Moving over to the talk given by McKay Christensen in May of 2017, he says, I believe that one of the most significant obstacles to our laying hold upon the word is our inability to fully immerse ourselves in the word or other worthwhile things, our inability to fully focus on them. We have a lot of distractions. Even I have a lot of distractions. And I have to work very hard at remaining focused and giving the time that is needed to the spiritual education. And I got to tell you, on the days that I get up and I do my spiritual studying first, then take care of the rest of my day, which, mind you, that means I have to get up earlier in order to make sure I can get it in. My days are just better. I can handle my days better. I, I'm given more enlightenment as far as my mind and hearing the spirit and guidance regarding the very real issues that each of us deal with in our lives and our family and our marriage and relationships with our finances, with our feelings and with everything that is going on in the world. In Helaman chapter 3, verses 29 and 30, it reads, Yea, we see that whosoever will may lay hold upon the word of God, which is quick and powerful, 
which shall divide asunder all the cunning and the snares and the wiles of the devil and lead the man of Christ in a straight and narrow course across that everlasting gulf of misery, which is prepared to engulf the wicked and land their souls, yea, their immortal souls at the right hand of God in the kingdom of heaven. Lay hold, lay hold upon the word of God. It teaches us, that verse teaches us that it's quick and powerful and that God and Christ, the Holy Ghost, their light, their glory will always divide asunder any of the cunning and snares and wiles of the devil without fail, always. And it will lead you to the straight and narrow path so that you can stand at the right hand of God in the kingdom of heaven. I know you've got to want that. I want that. And now we know what to do. We continue to be faithful. We continue to push forward and we continue to trust and have confidence. And the Lord thy God, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father. When you lay hold, what does it mean to lay hold upon the word? Most of us at times have experienced what it's like to lay hold upon the word. I know that I've had to work very hard at it and come to understand how to really absorb it and personalize it to me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is how do we use the gospel of Jesus Christ to reconcile our Gethsemane moments, our hardships, our trials, the things that push us beyond what we feel we have the capability to do. When you lay hold upon the word, you take it into your heart. You follow it. You taste it. You acquire it. You make it your own. You identify with it. And you fully give yourself to it. Follow it with real intent and let it change you. When you lay hold upon the word, it becomes an anchor of the soul. An anchor. An immovable anchor of the soul. I just love this gospel. What a profound reassurance and safety that we are given. And it's so beautiful and it's so reassuring. The scriptures include excellent examples of people who have laid hold upon the word. We've got Enos who said the words of his father sunk deep into his heart. Joseph Smith said, never did any passage of scripture come with more power to the heart of man than this did at this time to mine. It seemed to enter with great force into everlasting feeling of my heart. I just love how they talk. I wish I could had a better grasp of the vocabulary so I could explain myself sometimes better. What happens when we lay hold upon the word? Like Enos and Joseph, we connect deeply with the word. And it often leads to personal change and spiritual growth. There are always going to be consequences to every decision and choice and action that you make. So it's very important, especially when it comes to our faith, to make the decision and the action that is going to bring about positive consequences and lead us towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
of all the blessings that we receive, do you not think that the majority come by way of the word? Yes, God can change circumstances. He softens hearts and even heals sickness. Most of the blessings that have been received have come by way of the word. McKay Christensen goes on to say, I believe that Heavenly Father loves to bless us through his word. And I do too. He says, I suspect we only lay hold of a fraction of the word that he sends to bless our lives. I imagine he prepares the word like wrapped gifts for us and places them within our reach and waits for us to lay hold upon them. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Perhaps this is why Moroni beckoned us to come unto Christ and lay hold upon every good gift. And perhaps this is why Alma said the word of God is liberal unto all. If Heavenly Father sends his word to us liberally, then why don't we lay hold upon it more frequently? And President Dieter F. Uchtdorf has a wonderful answer for that. He says, part of our challenge is, I think, that we imagine that God has all of his blessings locked in a huge cloud up in heaven, refusing to give them to us unless we comply with some strict paternalistic requirements he has set up. But the commandments aren't like that at all. In reality, Heavenly Father is constantly raining blessings upon us. It is our fear, doubt, and sin that, like an umbrella, block these blessings from reaching us. We must focus and be vigilant. And what a great reminder that comes from our beloved apostle, Elder Uchtdorf. I just love him. So wise, and what a great reflection of the love that Jesus Christ has for all of us. We shall experience the Holy Ghost broadening our understanding, find new insights, witness an unfolding pattern of all scripture, and the doctrines of the Lord shall come to have more meaning to us than we ever thought possible. Have you ever had that happen to you? I have. Especially today. Doing this episode has been very healing for me. Doing the research and reading these scriptures and the good words that come from our leaders and those who have been appointed to give talks that put us on that right path, that straight and narrow path to that beautiful tree of life, our Savior, is such a wonderful blessing to have in our lives. And I am so grateful to them and I trust them and I have confidence in them. Heavenly Father definitely knows that if we will just give his word our wholehearted attention, we will likely lay hold of it and it will bless our lives. The amazing thing is this. When we lay hold upon the word, we actually open ourselves up to receive more of his word and lay hold of it in greater ways. So true. Faith precedes the miracle. Faith always precedes, typically in my experience, any type of wonderful, spiritual, sacred knowledge, experience, moment in our lives. We must have faith. Alma teaches, and therefore he that will harden his heart, the same receiveth 
the lesser portion of the word. And he that will not harden his heart to him is given the greater portion of the word. Until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God, until he knows them in full. I want the greater portion of the word. I desire to live that higher and holier life. So I choose to believe in my Savior and His timing and God's will and trust them and have confidence in them. Especially when it comes to the time that my Father will cross over and leave this life. Instead of getting upset and angry and feeling like I want to act out like a little child does when they're being scolded by their parent, I want to lay upon the word. I want to live by faith and not by fear. I don't want to fear losing my dad. I don't want to be afraid living this life without him. And I know that I don't have to be because of these people who speak for our Savior Jesus Christ that have been called by him. Our prophet, our apostles, and the good people that have been called upon to teach us. Elder Gary L. Pocock said, As we lay hold upon the word of God, it lays hold upon us, guiding our thoughts, words, and deeds, drawing us ever closer to the great source of those inspiring words. And I definitely need that. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And then we have Doctrine and Covenants section 50, verse 41. Fear not, little children, for you are mine, and I have overcome the world, and you are of them that my Father hath given me. And that is our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. You know, I've thought often to go through the scriptures and see how many times they tell us not to be fearful. I tell my husband repeatedly, Heavenly Father and the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, they don't want us to be fearful. They want us to be faithful. They want us to have confidence and trust them and who they are. They are gods. They are majestic. They are omniscient. They are all-loving, all-knowing, all-wise, and all-providing. They love you with every hair on your head and every ounce of love that they can give they give it to you perfectly fear thou not live by faith and these are the messages that we are receiving in greater and greater abundance and these latter days trust them trust the spirit of god and let's do Thank you so much for joining us this week. Stay happy, healthy, safe, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, thank you again for joining us. Take care and God bless you and yours.